Welcome to Real Christianity, a weekly show designed to help Christians know their Bible, defend their faith, and truly understand what it means to follow Jesus. The premise is simple. The culture is getting louder. The church is getting flashier, but few pastors are teaching on how to live a biblical life. My name is Dale Partridge, along with my incredible wife, Veronica. Join us as we start an important conversation about what it really means to be a Christian. Welcome to Real Christianity. Today we are talking about why all Christians should delight in doctrine and theology. Delighting in doctrine and theology sounds like it would be a very boring episode, but not it's, today. Not today. It's going to be a great episode. Um, I'm, I'm actually really excited. I think the content's going to be edifying for you. Um, before we get started, I wanted to mention a few things. One is if you haven't left a review and you're a regular listener to Real Christianity, Man, we would appreciate that if you just go to iTunes, tap the stars. You don't even need to write anything. But if you do write something, we will read it. Uh, if you guys want the show notes for this episode, you want to listen to, uh, uh, the vi- watch the video, you want to download the audio, you want to look at the show notes, the references of scripture that we use, you can always do that at, real, or at relearnchurch.org forward slash listen. Mm-hmm. On that note, let's dive right in. I want to just get started and uh, get moving in the conversation. So, um our theology is simply our defined view of God. Mm-hmm. So that's just, you know, whatever theology you hold, it's just your defined view of God. And so whether you like it or not, you you do have a theology if you're a Christian. Uh, you have some doctrine and theology, and that is what makes up your defined view of God. And so today's conversation isn't about like, if you want to have a theology about God or understand some doctrine about God. It's really about, uh, do you have sound theology or biblical theology about God? Um, is your theology that you currently have correct theology? That's kind of the conversation that we're going to have today. And I think this episode actually fits quite nicely with our previous episode, uh, which was titled, Is Your Worship Music Teaching You False Doctrine? That came out last week. Guys, if you haven't listened to that, that was a really popular episode. Yeah, like wildfire. Wildfire. Yeah, we had, um, out of 100,000 podcast episodes released in the uh, spiritual and, or the, the religious and spirituality category that we're in, uh, this episode was like number 53. So the f- number 53 most listened to. We had over 10,000 people listen to the episode in the first 24 hours. We definitely struck a chord in a conversation that needed to happen around worship music. I think today's conversation does a really good job of kind of piggybacking that last episode. Yeah, from what people were saying to me online, I think uh, its popularity was because it discussed uh, many it discussed something that many of us in the church have felt, but didn't necessarily know how to communicate. Yeah. So for those of you who did listen to it, um, we hope that you were encouraged by it. Hope that it was edifying for you and brought some clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, but today we want to continue the conversation about theology and doctrine and why 
all Christians, no matter what kind of Christian you are, young, new, old, average, or mature, all Christians uh, should delight and actually desire to study theology and doctrine. Yeah, this is a this is exactly what Veronica just said. It is a message for all walks of the Christian life. And I'm going to start off with a what I would say the bedrock um, scripture for having a theology for God. And this is Matthew 22, 37 through 38. This is red letter, Jesus talking here. And he says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Okay, so I just want you to catch that right there. Okay, that that is such an, this is the first and great commandment we're talking about. Jesus Christ, our Lord, said this is the first and great commandment, that we love our God with all our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind, okay? Western church, I would say, is a pretty emotional church. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what we're dealing with in this generation, this era of the church. And I don't think that we have much of an issue uh, with loving God with our heart and loving God with our soul. I don't think that's a real big problem in the church today. Um, but did you catch the last part of that verse? You know, part of the first and greatest commandment is to also love God with all of your mind. And we don't get to kind of avoid this intellectual um, component of our relationship with God. That's what this passage is saying. We can't just kind of opt out of the mental side of understanding God and our relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually critically important. It's so important that it's part of the first and greatest commandment that we have a relationship with our heart, with our soul, and with our mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, there seems to be, in my experience, some fear in the church that if you increase your doctrinal and theological uh, knowledge, that somehow you'll either become two or one of these two people. And so I'm going to break it down. Number one, you'll become uh, an intellectual who loses their relational elements with God. And uh, we've seen this happen Mm -hmm. with seminarians and uh, academia, that ultimately you'll become an intellectual who loses their relationship, their relational capacities for God. It just turns into head knowledge at that point. Exactly. And I think a lot of people fear that. Mm -hmm. The second fear, I think that diving into doctrine and theology, um, you know, in the church, what you would get is um, your fear is that you will actually decrease your accessibility to the lost or to the young in faith. You've kind of maybe elevated yourself to a untouchable or unrelatable, unapproachable, unapproachable place that all those people that study theology and doctrine, they're really not practical. They don't know how to talk to the average Christian. They're not really evangelistic. They've kind of like, I think there's a fear. Yeah. And it should actually be the opposite of that. It should. Exactly. And, and cause it does happen, but it, it shouldn't be the result And if that's the case, if you become one of those two people after reading Christian doctrine and theology, then you're either not reading Christian doctrine or theology, or you're not allowing what you're reading to conform you to the image and likeness of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so if you're reading doctrine and theology and studying it, and you actually lose the relational elements, you're not getting what you're reading. 
It's becoming prideful. Yeah, well, you're just, you're missing the point, right? Yeah. And and if, you, if you're reading doctrine and theology and you're studying this stuff and it makes you less approachable, you become prideful, mm-hmm. academia, you're missing the point. Mm-hmm. Um, God's word, which I, get, I think we're going to see today in this episode, uh, is that the closer you get to him, the closer you should become to his people, to mm-hmm. his flock. Right? The more you know him, the more you should love others. Okay? The, the more you understand him, uh, the more joyful and compassionate and peaceful and mature you should become. So we shouldn't fear this intellectual relationship with God through doctrine and theology. It shouldn't make us unapproachable. It shouldn't make us lose our relational elements of that. Uh, it, like it should actually draw us closer, mm-hmm. make us more like Christ. Um, this avoidance of intellectual relationship with God is actually an avoidance of one of the parts of the first and great commandments. So we can't check out of the mental side of the Christian faith. We can't just stick with the ABCs, guys. We got to increase the mental relationship with all of our mind, give it everything we have, and we can't just check out at the basics. Yeah, so starting next week, I will be uh, starting Aria in kindergarten uh, next week. And for our family, the path that we have chosen for uh, homeschooling is going to be at least for now, a classical approach to homeschooling. Um, And a classical education is unique because it actually relates to my journey with doctrine and theology. And in classical, uh, classical education, it's broken down into three steps or cycles of learning. And it's called the trivium, which I believe means like uh, three roads or where three roads intersect. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first step of the trivium is grammar. The second is the dialectic stage or the logic stage. And the third is the rhetoric, which is basically the three types and stages of learning. Um, And I want to say like grammar is step one is understanding the words. Step two or knowing the words. Step three is understanding the the idea, the concept. And step three is kind of like understanding to defending it, discussing it, you know, having bigger discussions around that. Yeah. So you learn and understand um, and doesn't the words like you said in step one and nothing else Mm -hmm. you basically just get comfortable with the vocabulary um so aria is just learning the words right now like noun pronoun adjective verb things like that um and so she doesn't even necessarily know what they mean at this point Mm -hmm. um but she's just learning the words Mm -hmm. um and basically you have to learn the words and eventually their meanings before you can interact with the study. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a huge uh, barrier to entry for Christians when it comes to doctrine and theology. Mm -hmm. Um, Words like sanctification or atonement and justification and election are intimidating. Um, Even the words theology and doctrine can be intimidating. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, um, I found that if I just spend time learning the vocabulary first and the words and getting comfortable with that, then move on to the study part later. Um, That has helped me. Um, So my suggestion for those who can tend to be a little bit overwhelmed by the topic um, of doctrine and theology is to find a book that will ease you into the study of God. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so there's actually... um 
two books that I want to recommend to you guys that I think are a really great starting point on the introduction to theology. Uh, the basics, right? The These words, getting the grammar, getting yourself comfortable with just the, the territory, the vocabulary. And again, I think as Veronica said, those words like sanctification and atonement and justification— it can be so intimidating because you just go, what What are all those things actually mean? I've heard them at church. I don't necessarily know what they mean. And and that's actually, uh, for many Christians who have been believers for 10, 15 years, they still don't understand those words. And so, again, I think you feel so much more confident when you have an understanding. You can come into the community, you can start communicating, and you can start building on top of your understanding. And so the two books that I think are really great starting point, I'm going to put these in the show notes so if you guys want to reference them later, you guys totally can. Uh, but if you're a, an Amazon person, you can just pick these up. One of them is titled, Love Your God With All Your Mind. And that's by J.P. Moreland. And uh, a great introduction of loving God with your mind, understanding theology, who he is, getting a mental picture and relationship with the Lord. The second one is A Mind for God by Dr. James Emery White. And uh, these books, I would say, they have pretty good reviews. Um, they've, they're, they're both written by um, men who have uh, great theological um, and seminarian backgrounds. And I think it's a good place for people to start. And um, I, I've gone through biblical theology at seminary, and it was nice to start with some introductory work like this. They really do have a good system for getting you comfortable with the basics. And so um, let's quickly talk about the problem. I think that it's an important conversation and an important component about our discussion today. The Western church is evangelistically rich and discipleship poor. Um, we, we are really good at evangelism in America. Um, we're not really good at discipleship. And we're so heavily focused on saving the lost that we've kind of ignored the need to strengthen the saints. And um, I think this is, again, part of the problem of why we don't have a hunger and, and understanding for theology in the Western church today. And in many ways, um, you know, we're, we're an outreach church, right? We, we preach the basics of the faith just about every Sunday, kind of an evangelistically outreach uh, Sunday. And as a result, the, the deeper parts of the Christian faith have really been avoided. Um, and we end up with a church uh, who has what I would say, four weaknesses. And we're going to talk about those weaknesses here and just have a discussion about what is that, what happens when we don't have deeper conversations from the pulpit, when we're always focused on the entry point. When you're always drinking milk and not eating the meat. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And so weakness number one, when you don't have theology and doctrine, weakness number one is you don't know what you do believe. Okay, people, they don't know what they do believe. And most have accepted Christ kind of by raising their hand at church. And uh, they had a service, and that was the very beginning of their understanding of the gospel, right? They're baby Christians, introduction to the Christian faith. Uh, but outside of their understanding of their sin and maybe a need for their Savior, um, th they really don't understand what it means to be a Christian, and they don't know about Scripture's command on sexual immorality. Uh, you know, the Scripture's commands on money or marriage or parenting uh, or repentance on prayer. They don't know the, anything, anything there. They don't know what they do believe. And that's a problem. So that's weakness number one. When you don't have theology and doctrine, you don't even know what you do believe. They don't know what they don't believe. Mm-hmm. Vadi Bakum said once uh, in a great quote, he said, if we don't know the Bible, 
if we don't know doctrine, if we don't know theology, it is virtually impossible to identify false teaching. And Dale, I've heard you say um, a few times, you can't know the Bible by simply allowing someone else to tell you what's in it. Mm -hmm. You need to study it for yourself. And when you study it for yourself, you'll learn uh, what the Bible says. And when someone actually presents or teaches something other than what's in the Bible, you will be able to identify and recognize it. Yeah, it's just... So you got you got two really important points here, right? You have number one, you don't know what you do believe. That's a weakness. Number two, you don't know what you don't believe, mm-hmm. right? You gotta you, you kind of be fooled by anything because you don't know what you're not supposed to believe because it doesn't fit in that theology framework. Weakness number three is they don't know how to explain their Christian faith. Okay, so. This is another really important element of theology and doctrine because you, when you don't know your theology and doctrine, you don't know how to explain your Christian faith to other people. Uh, Barna released a study that showed that only 11% of Christians have read the entire Bible. Okay, so we have a very biblically illiterate church. Mm-hmm. These are weekly church-going folks. Only 11% had read the entire Bible. They also found that 76% of evangelical Christians in America don't know what the Great Commission is. And so so we have now biblical literacy. They don't know the mission of the church. You know, you don't read the Bible, you, you don't know the Great Commission, right? So that's, that's probably the direct connection there. And then um, the, the last finding that they had uh, that was really interesting is that only 5% of Christians are sharing the gospel with one person per year. A lot of people share their faith. Oh, I'm a Christian. But presenting the gospel and being prepared to present it and prepared to respond to people's questions and prepared to understand a discussion, mm-hmm. right? So, so when you don't, only 5%. Only 5%. Yeah. Yeah. So when you don't have, um, doctrine and when you don't know what you believe, um, you don't have theology, um, you can't explain to anyone else what you do believe. Mm-hmm. And it puts you yourself in a really, I would say vulnerable position and and not an effective position to be a Christian witness. Yeah. Okay. So weakness number four, they don't know how to defend their Christian faith. Mm -hmm. Uh, First Peter 315 says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So every one of us should should be studying and preparing for opportunities to engage in a conversation about Christianity, um, in the public square. Um, I'm, trust me, I'm like the last person that wants to get into, I don't know, a debate, I guess. Um, but the Lord actually calls me to be ready to give an answer. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, it might be, um, on my Christian perspective on motherhood or parenting, um, or homeschooling. And for you, it might be the harder questions about other religions or, or why does God allow pain? Um, we don't need to know, we don't need to necessarily know everything, Mm -hmm. uh, but we should have our heart ready and prepared to give a defense. Yeah. And again, so you have four weaknesses when you don't know theology and doctrine. Number one is that you don't know what you do believe. Number two is you don't know what you don't believe. And, and I want to stop at that point just for a second is that this is why so many people in the church listen to prosperity gospel teachers and they don't even know that it's wrong. 
because they don't even know what they don't believe, meaning that they don't know what they shouldn't believe in terms of what is actual Christian doctrine. You could be fooled by anybody. Well, and you better believe too that if you are a new believer and you just came to the go- like to the gospel and Satan's going to want to rip you out as you are an infant baby Christian. Yeah, it take advantage of the ignorance that you do have at that stage. And so weakness number 3 is that you don't know how to explain your Christian faith thoroughly. And weakness number four is that you don't know how to defend your Christian faith. And so, man, doctrine and theology is so critical, especially for those of us who have been Christian for a long time. And so before we close, I want to share just two more passages in the New Testament that really call us uh, to know the more advanced things of the Christian faith. And you're going to learn that this problem today that we're dealing with, with biblical illiteracy, with people avoiding intellectual relationship with God, it's not a new problem. This is actually a problem that was happening even 2,000 years ago in the church. And again, a little preface is remember, if you call yourself a Christian, you should care about what God's word says on this matter. This is the part of the first and great commandment. And again, just to kind of check my boxes here, this isn't about legalism, okay? This is about having a heart and a soul and a mind that loves God, okay? Because I get a lot of comments and questions and and sometimes we get some reviews that this is legalism. Guys, I want to just clarify real quick. Legalism is when you work, ultimately the law is what makes you saved. When you obey certain laws, that is what justifies you before God. A workspace salvation, that is legalism. That is not what we're talking about today. And, and that's not anything that we believe. I think the church today, legalism is defined as anything that the Bible says that we don't want to do. We just like to call, oh, that's legalism. Um, but that's not what this is about. This is about having a mental relationship with God alongside of a soul relationship and a heart relationship. Um, so yeah, we're going to have Veronica open up um, with some of these passages here. Yeah, so my Bible calls this section that I'm about to read uh, the peril of not progressing. Hmm. And this is going to be um, Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through chapter 6, verse 2. I'm going to be reading it in the ESV. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. And let us leave the elementary doctrines of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Okay, so it's a lot. It's that was a, wordy. It was a wordy passage. I mean, we could just yell at the apostle who wrote Hebrews. Um, but the, the main point is this. He says, hey, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, right? This is a rebuke of going, you guys, come on. How long have you guys known Christ? And you guys are still stuck on the elementary, or he says the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. And my a point that I've written down here is that there's a time for milk and it's when you're a baby. When you're a baby, you can't eat meat. You need milk to survive. But if you only eat milk as an adult, what would happen to you? 
You'd wither away. You'd wither away and die. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good word picture is that, yeah, if we're Christians five years in, 10 years in, still living on milk, we're not getting into the deeper parts of our faith to a deeper understanding of God, then it's like having milk as an adult and we will wither away. And eventually many people can fall away and die. And in order to grow, you need meat. That's just a part of, you know, basic biology. Uh, and this is what the apostle is saying. He says, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrines of Christ and go on to maturity. Like, what a powerful statement that is. And it's so funny what he calls the elementary doctrines here, right? He says, um, not laying again the foundation of repentance. So that's an elementary doctrine. Um, uh, faith toward God. Man, he's like, hey, we don't need to be talking about faith toward God. You have faith. Let's move on. Right? Add to your faith these things is what First Peter or Second uh, Peter chapter one would say. Um, he talks about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. These are all just the elementary principles. It's time to move on, right? And those things are like advanced in our day and age, right? So if you're a Christian who's been in the church uh, for longer than a year or two, um, I, I would say that you should be starting to eat meat. Milk is um, you need to move on from the ABCs and the basics, meaning that you should, again, move on from the elementary principles of the doctrines of Christ and seeking to understand the deeper things of God. Hey, Dale Partridge here. We hope this podcast has been a blessing to your walk with God. For those that don't know, Real Christianity is an audio ministry under our nonprofit, relearnchurch.org. I'm telling you this because we're a listener-supported podcast. It takes a small team, a serious amount of equipment, and several hours per week to keep this show going. I share this because Veronica and I want to grow the reach of this show so that it might help even more Christians mature in their understanding of God's Word. So if you're a regular listener to this podcast, would you consider supporting us in this ministry effort? We're not asking for much, maybe $10, $20, or $25 per month. I promise you that your support will help us continue to get God's truth out, to strengthen the body of Christ, and to further the gospel. If you feel led to make a donation, simply go to relearnchurch.org forward slash donate. Again, that's relearnchurch.org forward slash donate. Thank you so much for your consideration. So we'll move on to this next passage. Yeah, the next passage um, and the last passage for today comes from one of my favorite books in the Bible, um, and that's going to be Philippians. We're going to be in chapter 1, uh, verse 9 and 10, and it reads, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Yeah, so um, I'm going to read it one more time just because sometimes when you're you know, listening to this, it's a little, a little harder to kind of grasp the text. And I'm not the best at reading out loud. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it says, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. Okay? He wants our love to abound more and more with what? Knowledge and all discernment. With knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And so the more you read scripture, um, the more you see that the Bible never separates the knowledge of God from the love of God. Linked together, 
okay? Mm -hmm. You can't separate the knowledge of God and the love of God, right? You can't have discernment without knowledge. You can't have love without knowledge. You can't have relationship without knowledge. And so, you know, basically, when you increase your knowledge, your relationship should increase. When you increase your knowledge, your devotion, your understanding, your love for God should increase. Um, those are, that, that's the natural reaction to having knowledge. Uh, in the 1700s, George Whitfield, uh, he once said, study to know him more and more. For the more you know him, the more you will love him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good perspective of going, guys, we shouldn't fear picking up an A.W. Tozer book. Um, the Pursuit of God is a great theological book. I would say he's a theologian. And A.W. Tozer wrote The Pursuit of God. It's a short 80-page book, 90-page book. It's a great starting point to go a little bit deeper than what we do in the church. And so, um, yeah, just really excited to push you guys forward into uh, more maturity. Yeah, so we hope that uh, this episode was encouraging to you and also just to remind you, uh, have grace with yourself. You are on a journey and you don't have to know everything, uh, but you do have to move forward. You can't stay stagnant. Yeah. It's really important that you guys do move forward, that you do seek these things out. Pick up one of those books. Um, Go a little bit deeper. Maybe do a Ravi Zacharias podcast. Uh, I listen to Ravi all the time. He has a great podcast called Just Thinking. And man, your first time listening to it, it's going to be a whole bunch of words that you go, what is he saying? (laughs) But once you get the vocabulary, once you get the vernacular, you can understand and you go, wow, it's become such a great resource for, Mm -hmm. for me. That's for sure. So few things before we close. One, if you're one of those people that has not read the entire Bible, we have a Bible 365-day uh, reading plan that you can download for free from our website, just relearnchurch.org forward slash Bible, and start reading the Bible through a year. And uh, Veronica is so close to finishing. She's done the entire New Testament, and almost all of the Old Testament. She's got like a couple more books to finish mm-hmm. in the end of the Old Testament here. Um, I've it's taken me longer than a year, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I've got, uh, I'm about to go through the Bible again uh, next year for seminary. So it's just something to go through and we're excited for you. So you can get that. And again, if you want to look at the show notes for this episode, just go to relearnchurch.org forward slash listen. On that note, guys, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Hey, Dale Partridge here. I recently heard a disturbing statistic. Only 11% of Christians have read the entire Bible. Now, we can't wonder why the church is being influenced by the culture more than the culture is being influenced by the church. The vast majority of Christians don't know God's word because they've never read it. We cannot live out what we do not understand. So Veronica and I want to challenge you right now to read the Bible in one year. We've put together a basic 365-day reading plan that'll take you no longer than 20 minutes per day, and you can download it for free at relearnchurch.org forward slash Bible. Again, that's relearnchurch.org forward slash Bible. 
Thank you for joining us on this episode of Real Christianity. Real Christianity is an audio ministry of relearnchurch.org. If you'd like more information on how to live out a biblical life, relearnchurch.org hosts a variety of articles, podcasts, sermons, and videos to support your journey. Real Christianity is a 100% listener-supported ministry, and if you'd like to support our efforts, simply click the Donate tab at relearnchurch.org. You can also connect with both Veronica and I on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for daily lessons and Bible teachings. Thank you for being with us today. We hope to see you next Wednesday for another episode of Real Christianity.